This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guests' grants into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. What are we talking about in this show, Matt? Oh, we're going to talk a little bit about Gordon Murray, what's going on with him. Talk about Monterey, some changes being made to the Rolex Historics. Hill that climb. Exciting. Very interesting. Yeah. And uh, some LFA successor right. talk. First, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the church. is going to mandate. Get on and welcome to CarCast. And then for all that's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Over there, lots going on in the car world. Uh oh. <coughs> COVID Matt. Man. Man. That's why we got to get these masks back, man. Guys, <laughs> like you're spreading the. Spreading the disease around. Trying to take a drink of water. It's yeah. not working. Went down the wrong pipe. <coughs> uh, let's see. So uh, lots to talk about uh, up here on here. We got the Lexus LFA successor preview. What? I think we're going to see something at Monterey. I liked um, – <coughs> I talked to Bruce Kenapa over the weekend. He said the yeah. uh, Gordon Murray T50 is going to be – at Monterey, it's going to be going around the track with uh, Frank Um and also um, also the T thirty is uh, going to be there as well. I think we spoke. At yeah, the, we should the, dig up some information on the T thirty on the on the <clears throat> sorry the Gordon Murray T thirty. I don't, you know, it's not going to be the three seater center drive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, we're going to be talking with Gordon Murray. We're going to get an interview with Gordon Murray. I, I look. Uh, I'm no hypercar strategist, but uh, I got to believe that uh, fan car going up the hill at Goodwood at 39 seconds is yeah. probably result in a couple more orders for Gordon's fan car. Essentially, yeah. well, his car went up the hill as well, but I don't know what the time was. I think it was just an exhibition. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
don't know that it was competing. I think Dario was driving it. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, now you kind of got a, a taste of what that thing sounds like at, I don't know, 11,000 or 12,000 RPM. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about the LFA and why I've always been an LFA fan and um, why I'm sort of hoping that uh, the successor is stays with the with the trajectory or the architecture or the whatever we're talking about with the LFA. Um, the reason I didn't like the 05, 06 Ford GT is because of the supercharger. I was like, right. I just felt like, hey, man, this is a recreation and a tribute to the Le Mans cars. They were all naturally aspirated. And... To me, turbocharging is sort of in between, you know, but the supercharger, as I've said, you know, might as well just be put it in a Mustang. You know, I I get it. Makes good horsepower. It's efficient, so on and so forth. But I really wanted that Ford GT to have like a four cam high compression, you know, 8,600 RPM red line versus makes maximum horsepower at 6,800, you know, or whatever. And... The LFA is just that. I mean, it was a, I guess it was a V10, and it was just kind of Formula One inspired, you know, just, you know. It sounded great. Lower displacement, higher, high revving, uh, smaller pistons, blah, blah, blah. And my feeling is, is in a world where with the electric motors and the and the internal combustion motor the combined horsepower is a thousand horsepower now I, i'm not into the horsepower war anymore <laughs> i would take and you tell me what you think i would take a high revving naturally aspirated smaller displacement screaming v12 v10 v8 whatever just like a four cam you know high compression 9200 red line motor that put out 525 horsepower versus older school push rod supercharger big displacement yeah we're getting 800 horsepower out of this thing i I, i'd rather just wind it up i i would even Take it a step further. Because you're going to be blown off by any Tesla anyway. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Well, like, I, I would say I would take it a step further and go, well, on, on the, the hybrid supercars, I would be, I'd be down with like the naturally aspirated V12 in the rear and a couple electric motors in the front, mm-hmm. right? And you get that, you know, that silent creep, but then you hear that thing kick in with the 12-cylinder and keep it naturally aspirated, which I would love to see Lamborghini do. I would love to see Lamborghini do, like, an Aventador version. They got to do something with electrification, maybe hybrid first, whatever a lot of people are doing, and then EV. But Mm -hmm. that would be an interesting combination. Well, I don't know what we've been able to find out about the next LFA successor or the T30, but maybe we can... So uh, the LFA... Ooh, successor we're looking at is it. uh yeah so it, it, we got kind of this concept we might see this thing at uh at monterey but they were talking about doing is a twin turbo v8 all right that they've been working on in, in their racing program mm-hmm. but eventually it would be 
an EV or some sort of hybridized version mm-hmm. of it. But possibly the twin turbo version can happen. V8 could happen before the EV version, which would be more like a 2030 model. So the EV be 2030. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a ways out. Um, 2030. Yeah, but the twin turbo V8, I think, uh, where they're using it now is 600 horsepower or so. Um, but it's that's been around for for a while. Uh, that that basic platform. So. I, I guess we'll see up in Monterey what they're going to end up doing to it. But if you remember, because your point about the Ford GT is uh, it might have been on the show Rides, you know, that old or mm-hmm. older Bud Brunchman show, when Carroll Shelby and Ford did like the modern day Ford Cobra, like the front engine looked like a Cobra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was codenamed yeah. Daisy. Yeah, the silver one. The silver one. Just sold at auction not too long ago. I believe Bo Bachman bought it. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Good. Right? Because he should have it. I want to he see it. He should have it. He should have it. But that was like a six point something liter, maybe 6.4 liter naturally aspirated V10. That's right. what you were talking about. Like, right. that's what it should have been. Yes. You know? Uh, and again, it, it's not going to be a world beater because you're going to be down 150 horsepower because you don't have the supercharger on yeah. there. But you have a car you can ring out, and that's what you'd want. Yeah, and then, you know, there's the nostalgia on it. There's the, you know, sort of the legacy because you're not – with LFA, they did it with the right motor. But if it was turbo or V8, we'd have been like, that's a cool car because there wasn't something there ahead of it. Right. LFA didn't win Le Mans 1967, <laughs> you know. Right. The um, – and, I, you know, here's my prediction. Um, when – the paddle shifting came out in like, you know, you take like the BMW E46. Was that the one you had? Let's yeah. see. Yeah, E30, yeah, E46. E46. Wait, what was the one in between? E40, E46. E, E30, E36, E46. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, we both had 36 and then 46. Right. Yeah. Um, the E46 in a six speed is much more valuable than a paddle shift e46 or we're calling it paddle yeah. shift whatever yeah um yeah the now, smg yeah. now yes and and if you have uh, an aston martin with a six speed it's it's worth quite a bit more and if you have a supra with a six speed or five speed or whatever it was it's it's worth more i would definitely say this is going to be the same with the electric motored lambos and the naturally aspirated v12 ones the the cars you want is the performance for the hybrids going to be higher. Everything's going to be higher. Everything's going to be better. Ten years from now, if you go to sell that car, you're going to wish you had the old gen naturally aspirated engine and no motors. Right, right. In there, just like you wish you'd have the six speed now, even though it didn't perform as well. The uh, naturally aspirated engines the. The Gordon Murray T50 is a naturally aspirated 12. It's about two and a half million bucks. And the T33, I think we said T30, but the T33 is the cheaper version, 1.85 million. Yeah. So that's the one like my dad would get. Naturally aspirated 607, good luck, 607 horsepower V12. Mm. Like, it's good. It's healthy. And 600, look. 
if you can be naturally aspirated and pass 500 and you're doing it on pump fuel, you're doing pretty good. Well, Ferrari's doing it in like the super fast or the 812 or, or something. I mean, they got to be up into the 700 range on their 12 cylinder. And they're naturally aspirated. Yeah, that's healthy. The T33 should weigh 2,400 pounds. Wow. I don't even know how you make a modern car with any safety features at all at 2,400 pounds. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that's fair bit lighter than a Mini Cooper. Yeah. I, and, just, and probably, what do you think? What do you think a, a brand new Miata weighs? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't, I haven't even talked into Miata. I mean, uh, I don't know. These days, 2,500. I was going to say more like 27, 28. Yeah. I don't know. See what a just a brand new Miata curb weight is. Chris, while you look that up, the the T50, it's a Cosworth built engine that uh, Gordon Murray worked on with. It's a dry sump, four liter V12. It has gear driven camshafts, 607 horsepower. Uh, the 607 horsepower is at 10,500 RPM with an 11,100 red line. Wow. So peak power is at 10.5. Uh, uh, peak torque is at 9,000 RPM. You really got to get on the pipe wow. on this car. <laughs> uh, the Miata is 23 to 2,400 pounds. So I, it's you're right. It's a little lighter than I thought. I, you know, I was, I was. I'm surprised they kept it that light. It's a small car, but the point I mean, is, was, is that's. This car weighs as much as a Miata, yeah, and that's why I brought it up. I even thought the Miata would weigh more, but it weighs the same as a Miata with an extra uh, 410 horsepower or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to do. So I think we're going to talk to uh, – we're scheduled to meet up with Gordon at the Quail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a look at the cars, maybe get a little walkthrough, um, interview him. Mm-hmm. We'll bring it back to CarCast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. <laughs> it should be fun. <laughs> See what uh what's going on over there. Yeah, it's it's always good. I I can't remember what the quail theme is. I mean for we're, us. We're gonna it's find out. We're gonna, talk to, we're gonna talk to Gordon McCall next week. We'll have him on the show next week. We're gonna get into it. Because there was a couple things he had going on. Yeah. We talked to him at the Trans Am race. Yes. And he he had he had a couple things in the works, and he was, right. I think he might have still been curating a few things. Right. He always has like a wacky class, even if they're like you know, even if like Lamborghini is the, is the. Thing. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking BMW as yeah. a, like memory served. Like I thought something with BMW. Uh, yeah, so it's the fiftieth anniversary of the BMW M division, which I'll be delighted to see. All things Mini Cooper, eh, seventy years of uh, Jag wins at Le Mans, and that'll be. A Fun, fun class to take a look at. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in the last few years, what we've seen with those Jag cars—I mean, the British cars normally weren't pulling a lot of the money, and then all of a sudden, you know, a Jag Le Mans winner comes up there and gets—I don't know, fourteen million or twelve million or whatever it was years ago—and mm-hmm. and I think it kind of changed the game on uh, on the English cars. Yeah, the there cars. is a uh, there's a couple of of those continuation lightweights, I think, that are coming up for auction, maybe one to one two or one two to one five or something. I think there's two of them where they just took the serial number after the fire or something and right. they just sort of yeah. did a continuation thing, which is not 
you know, I mean, it's a cool piece. There, there's no doubt about it. And it, it is a million dollar car. You know, it was built in the Jag factory. They made a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. There's a little controversy, which is like, should you be able to race that car at Goodwood? Yeah. Uh, of course, the purists say no. Um, well, anyone who has one's going to say no, and anyone who doesn't have one's going to say, yeah, we want to see it out there. <laughs> Here's what I would say. I would say if I was in the you know scrutineering board at, at Goodwood, yeah. I would, and, and we're talking about the historics over there. What do they call them? The, uh, not the historics. Monterey or the historics. Goodwood is the revival. The revival. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they have different names for different yeah, things. Yeah, that's coming up in September. It looks awesome. <laughs> I would say if I ran the revival, yeah, I would say, look, if you have an actual lightweight from back in the day, mm-hmm. then by all means, go get this repop from the factory and run it. Uh, okay, so you're saying if you own one already, you can you can race. The, if you the, own this Hope Diamond, then <laughs> go ahead and cub- get a cubic zirconia and right, put it and on and wear your, that to the wear Met that Gala. to the Met Gala. <laughs> right. I if you don't have one, stay home. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know. Seems like it seems like a little balance to me because I I kind of get the guys that are like, hey. I got this lightweight. It uh, won its class at Le Mans 1964, and it's $22 million. Yeah. And I'm scared. So I'm going to race and my it, it, $2 million raining. Dollar version. It's raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm on 70 series tires. Yeah. With a 17-inch steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm worried. Yeah, I'm a little worried. But I got a one I got one I paid one point three for at, at Gooding. Yeah. We'll put that out there. I think that's a fair. Is that I think fair? That, I think that's fair. And uh, look, the amount of people that have the real one and the amount of people that got the continuation car, both very small pool. Right. right? So, I mean, if you had to guess, how many people that got the continuation car have a real one? You think 50%? <laughs> I mean, you obviously you love that car. Um there's a good doc about it out there somewhere. There's too many platforms for me to figure out now. But they did. I don't know if you saw it, but they, they did a doc about the building of that car and the client and at Jag. And they, they got into the Goodwood revival as well. I didn't see that, but I was here helping a friend film the TV commercial, like the social media commercial for it. You know, rented a house in Beverly Hills and brought oh, the really? car out and drove it around and – yeah, he Chris, filmed the whole thing. It's fantastic. I think there's two of them, and I don't remember if it's RM or Gooding Monterey, but there's two of those. It's cars. probably a, a the XKSS continuation car. Uh, is it the XKSS or well, is it the? They, they did that one. I think they might have done another one. Did they do an E type? There is some recreations for the. E type and then recreations for the X. So the XKSS was the one we did the commercial for, and I think oh, that's I'm the talking one. about the E type, or I'm, I'm screwing up the nomenclature, but it's like the lightweight, the yeah, the later one. Okay, one's a '50s car, mm-hmm. one's a '60s car, and I thought an XKSS continuation was coming up for auction. We can look into that. Yeah, I yeah. think they're both. So, so one I, of each. I think there's two of each. Okay, actually coming up and i don't know i think i think you bought it from the factory for a million bucks i guess they're trying to just kind of pull a modern day ford gt yeah. deal where they you know 
spend 600 and see if they can make a million or yeah. spend a million, see if they can make one four, you know, same difference. But, um, and I don't know if they made any rules, you know, like Ford did, you know what I mean? Like you want one of these from the factory, you got to wait two years before yeah. you sell it or but, something like that. You know, when you're making, I don't know, six of these things, I think it's a little bit easier to, to apply rules. I don't think you need to publish it, you know, like, Hey, dealers, don't do markups on right. these things. Don't sell them right away. I think the six guys are all at dinner together going, uh, who wants one? And you, you can't sell it for a while. Yeah, I think uh, – so there's a lightweight. Oh, Bonham's quail sale. Cunning. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. There's a Cunningham. There's an actual legitimate 1963 E-type lightweight who was raced by uh, Briggs Cunningham. Yeah, that's a cool car. And owned back in the day at, at Lamar. Now, I think it came in like 21st at Lamar or something. It's not a Lamar winner, but it's a real lightweight, and it's a Briggs Cunningham car. And I would say that that thing, what do they think? Eight million bucks. Well, they said it sold in 2017 already oh. at Bonhams for eight million. So we'll see what it uh, see what, what it the, went uh, up to. But uh, yeah, those old Jags are quite quite expensive these days. Um, yeah. So they don't, they they <laughs> upon request the uh, estimate. Yeah, it's upon request. So that was and that, that finished fourth. Oh, it it was fourth at Lamont. Fourth in its class at Lamont. You can look it up. For some reason, I remember it being down the down, or maybe it was fourth. I don't know. We can figure it out. Sometimes it gets a little sketchy because I go fourth in its class, which means you know sixteenth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because that thing, but or sometimes it just means fourth. But either way, uh, mm. there's a couple. I think it's Gooding. It's Gooding or RM that has the recreations, but. You know, the recreations are done at the factory, and they have a plate, you know, and they're authenticated. Yeah. And it's not not some repop that uh, George Barris is doing over there in Sherman Oaks. You know, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but the idea of, like, these factory continuation cars and the factory, like, restoration programs, you know, Ferraris, you know, Lamborghinis, like, classic, whatever they're calling it, their classic division – Mercedes. Um, Mercedes, which I am going to go check out in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's an event I got invited to to go check out their their California facility. Um, Porsche, even at Pecla that I was <clears throat> driving the Porsches at, we had your 935 out there. You know, that room where Porsche North America, Motorsport North America is doing some work on some cars in there. I think it was a lot of racing car stuff, but uh, – you know, sort of some factory oversight, if you will, uh, is is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't think that harms the the others out there, the canopies of the world, but I think it does. Uh, you know, cr- maybe create some extra value. You know, to some of those cars. Well, that's the kind of that's the question. Um, so it qualified fourteenth, I guess, at Lamar. But uh, had a gearbox failure and didn't finish, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's fourth, fourth in early tire retirement by gearbox failure. Where does uh, where does the internet come up with came in fourth? Well, it was, 
It was a fourth place finish at Bridgehampton 500. Oh, same place. I'm not. <laughs> no, I know. I just knew I had it in my head. I'm, I'm like, I that know. car didn't do well. Okay. Yeah, all right. I don't get defensive. I'm just saying. I I had it in my head that it didn't do well at Le Mans. I know. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving you more information. Thank so you. So you. You don't have to think about it pretty much. Too late. All right, so it's shit mind is broken. <laughs> uh, finished 11th. I'm just saying, take it slow. Finished 11th <laughs> at uh, Road, I don't know. What was that? Where did it finish? Bridge something. Road America 500. Yeah, 63. So it didn't really do much in, uh, it didn't do much at, uh, at uh, Le Mans, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but it ran at Le Mans, and that's something. And it had some career after that. <clears throat> but, yeah, then there's those continuation cars, Chris, which are out there somewhere. Yeah, somebody has it. Oh, it's, um, it's Gooding or RM. Yeah, but also Broad Arrow is the uh, auction that's happening at um, at the Jet Center event. And we got to get some details from Gordon on the Jet Center because I got dates for, like, Wednesday, Thursday, and – and uh, now I'm trying to figure out how the Jet Center has evolved. I think it's it's a growing event, and I think Broad Arrow Auction is going to be there maybe Thursday. Hmm. So does that mean that's separate than the Jet Center party, or do or is that I you know, or is it going to be like the Jet Center event that's the party then gets shifted around and they keep everything there, and then there's an auction, right? You know, is it like a two day event now as opposed to yeah one you know. I guess we'll have to we'll have to dig into it too, uh, to with with Gordon to find out what's going on. But like we've been saying, it's like guys, you got to go out to these events. They've been growing, like uh, the Rolex Historics. We've been out there with I don't know thirty thousand people, and it's fifty thousand people, and it's sixty thousand people, and then COVID hits, and sixty five thousand people show up, <laughs> even though they're not supposed to. And then who knows what? Like it's just the. There's a lot going on with the, you know, Goodwood keeps getting bigger and better. Uh, the Revival just sent an email and said, we've got more in store for the Revival than ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you won't see anyone wearing a mask in the infield over there at the Laguna Seca. <laughs> that much I can promise you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, interesting. They keep expanding. They're going to do the hill climb, go around the track, the reverse direction. I, don't, I, I think this was news to you a couple of days back. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know where they announced it. But I'd heard it somewhere that uh, they're going to do very interesting and uh, a fun event, which is they're going up Laguna Seca in the reverse order, um, a reverse direction. They're calling it a hill climb. And if you think about it, if you go from turn 11 or whatever it is that the start of the straight away mm-hmm. <laughs> should probably learn the numbers <laughs> at some point but if you if you go to this kind of 90 at the start of the straightaway when when you're going the proper direction which is counterclockwise i guess so yeah. this would be clockwise um they're gonna start it from a standing start it's somewhere around the start finish line okay and and even if they start it further back like which they probably should, and maybe they will. I was talking to Bruce Canepa about it, and he was kind of saying, they just start it somewhere around start, finish, or whatever. But if they start it down at the Andretti pair pin or whatever, turn two and three or one and two, or it depends how you, which they call that little kink the first turn, yeah. you know? But anyway, at the, at the end of the straightaway, 
Anyway, they started down there at the corner. It's pretty much uphill all the way to the corkscrew, right? Right. So that's a decent hill climb. Now, it's, it's uphill until you hit the kink, and then it kind of flattens out. But it's still a little bit uphill, probably. And then once you turn around, turn 11 and start heading up, it's, it's, a, it's a long uphill drive. And then you take the corkscrew in reverse direction. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be a fun challenge. It's a, it's a standing start. I think they're uh, taking the cars and staggering them like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If it's a hill climb, you're saying it's kind of a a one-at-a-time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Timed. And I'm not sure how they're going to sort of feed the cars out onto the track. What what cars are going to be in this event, or can any of the cars sort of sign up for it? Obviously, not all of the races all weekend are going to be this way. It's still the Rolex, not to be confusing, the Rolex Historics at Monterey that are coming up. It's still all the races and all the, the things as normal, but you're saying in addition to that, they're going to do this hill climb. But we don't – do we know what cars are going to be in it? I I don't know. I would imagine – here would be my guess. My guess would be possibly a couple – some of the cars that are participating in the historics mm-hmm. uh, along with some sort of one-off stuff that just seems fun like, right you got to bring out some of the modern like supercars and the stuff that you'd see at you know goodwood hill climb right that you yeah you know like you mentioned the the gordon murray car you know how do you bring it out to the track and show people and let them hear it but it's the rolex historics right so right. you got to right. do something like other than a parade lap you know yeah lunch so hour. i i guess it would be a, a handful of cars that are participating you know, maybe more modern day GTP car or something like that, or who the fuck knows. Yeah. And, and, and probably like a sprinkling of like chitty, chitty, bang, bang guy with his wife, you know, wicker yeah. basket on their well, lap. You they know? might want to give that guy a little more than 30 <laughs> seconds if there's a, you know, there's a T33 behind him <laughs> with Dario Franchini yeah, behind I the just, wheel. I, I imagine. <laughs> I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I'm just guessing there's going to be, you know, a guy out there in a modern day turbo Porsche from Porsche of Monterey or yeah, something right, who's right. worked himself into the queue <clears throat> with a client sitting shotgun, yeah. you know. I, I like this idea. I'm trying to figure out where in the schedule they fit it in. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday morning. Okay. And um, Sunday morning and the next part is, and yeah, we're going to have to look at the schedule. And then kind of the next question is, is is everyone going to have to be strapped and helmeted and fire suited? Or are they going to let the chitty chitty bang bang guy and his wife just kind of on his word, just kind of putter up the hill? You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would imagine that the safety rules for all of the racing cars that are participating would still apply. So whatever the rules are for that guy and his wooden wheels, that applies. Also, he's not bumper to bumper. He's hill climb, so there's a little bit, you know. And then everybody else with the supercars, uh, same rules would be like for Goodwood, whatever they're doing at Goodwood. You know, like you had your, you know, your Newman cars out there, your 935 and the 2 plus 2, you know, racing suit and helmet. 
But I don't know. What is what is Dario Franchini wearing up? I think he's wearing a helmet and racing. Suit. Well, the 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 deal is is at lunch when they're doing the parade laps, everyone has just got their wife in there and they're wearing a baseball hat backwards because it's a convertible. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, and I guess you're probably right. They're probably going to go. If you want to be on the track, you need a fire suit. You need seatbelt. So. Yeah. You need a helmet. Technically, it's it's a it's a high speed event. We don't. I don't know if we want to call it a racing event, but I yeah. And I don't know. Like I don't know if some dude is a, you know heavy hitter and he's like I I own the the Bugatti dealership in Monterey and we're just going to putter up. You know, yeah. Take my word for it. I'm never going to get in second gear. <laughs> or whatever gear. <laughs> I don't know how much. I don't know how those Bugattis work. So, uh, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, we'll probably be down at the beach, uh, down at the at on Pebble, the lawn. Probably, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, the race would be the hill climb would be fun because nobody has any practice laps going that direction on that track. Yeah, and so you're going to have to kind of figure it out. I think Bruce said maybe they're going to give you a couple of practice laps or something like that. Uh, it'll be interesting hitting some of those corners from a different direction, you yeah. know, and and, yeah. and from the corkscrew down to turn five or whichever one that is, that's a long downhill. And, uh, you know, you, you get in a, you get in a fast car and when you're going up that hill to the corkscrew, you're going like 133 miles an hour in a in a in a decently powered car. If you're going down that hill, that's a long yeah. downhill. Well, uh, you could say, be doing 165 uh, when you get to that turn. I, I was going to ask. Um, I wonder where they're going to put the finish line. It's not going to be the whole track. I think they're going to stop it someplace off, and then they're going to cap like a 40 mile an hour limit for the rest of it, and then you bring your car in. Right. I believe you must be right. I was initially thinking in like a full lap, but you're right. You could do half a lap and end it at the top of the corkscrew. Yeah, they're going to have to have some place where then you can then you power down and then you cool it down. You know, get for off the, rest the track. Get off the track. Now, this is an interesting thing because Goodwood they run a bunch of cars. They they stack up and then they all got to come back and you yeah. got to stop There's the racing a for a bit. At the you top. Know. Yeah, so they you don't have to do that here. We could run the cars and then there's a cool off period and they circle back and then they, you know, get back to the paddock or the line or whatever they're supposed to do. So you can keep the flow going because I was worried about time. How much time can you spend doing this? I on would Sunday? I would assume that they would make the hill climb to the top of the corkscrew like you said. Uh after that cross finish start not start finish but finish line the top of the corkscrew yeah and then you would cool down coming down Mm -hmm. and right before the andretti hairpin where people were queued up maybe to start you'd turn in on that runoff Mm -hmm. road that's difficult to get around sometimes it's a runoff yeah when you go out onto the track for practice laps or whatever that's where they start you out on that little runoff and, yeah. and then you could make it back into the pit off that runoff. I, I think this is a great idea for the evolution of this event. I just think I it's, too. I, it's a great way to bring out, like you said, a bunch of like 
cars that aren't qualified to run there or some modern supercars and do something other than a parade lap during lunch hour with a bunch of BMWs, you know, because they sponsored for that year. Right. Like, this is a cool way to get and bring out some, you know, some great personalities, some great talent, some legacy drivers and, you know, guys like that that are always fun to hang out and chat with while you're there. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really cool idea. Agreed. All right. Uh, if you want to uh, see me perform live, you can go down to Salt Lake City, Utah. Wise Guys Comedy Club, August 26th and 27th. And uh, just go to adamcarolla.com. Live shows everywhere. New book. Everyone loves it. Everything reminds me of something. Available now. Audiobooks coming out in a couple days. So just go to adamcarolla.com and hit that banner. What do you got, man? Uh, we're doing some stuff on the... Uh, on, on the cars and the trucks, so I'll show you those updates uh, if you follow me at Motorator. So, till next time, Adam Carolla for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.